Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Simply Serie A, the Italian football podcast, part of the 90 Min Network. I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I'm delighted to be joined by the big boys. Vittorio Campanile, Mr. Lazio, must be delighted with the weekend's result. How are you? Not very happy because of big boys. I mean, I'm still very young. Come on. <laughs> I meant big boys in terms of yeah, yeah, so yeah. good at what they do. They are the, the pinnacle. You're so, you know? so excited about Arsenal. By the way, my second son said you're winning the Champions, the Premier League. So take care. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, but it's, there's been some bad injury news today that could derail Arsenal, unfortunately. Um, also joining us, uh, Tommy Milanese. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, and I'm not going to say that Arsenal's going to win the league, so <laughs> enjoy that from Vittorio. You're not going to hear it again. Yeah, definitely not going to hear it from you. Uh, also joining us, uh, Mr. Alessandro, Mr. Roma, you must be pretty happy with what you saw at the weekend as well. Yeah, was a good point. Earned that was, point, a, that so... was a reluctant yeah, wasn't it? That was reluctant slightly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wanted more? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm really um, happy about Arteta after watching uh, Hold or Nothing. So you'll be happy. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> I love the way we always somehow go back to Arsenal talk at the start of this show every single time. But it is what it is. Um, let's get on to uh, some of the football over the weekend. And I guess really there's only one place to start. Let's do things in chronological order. Lazio, Vittorio's beloved Lazio, uh, defeated Inter by three goals to one. Um, Vittorio, you were back in Rome. You were in the stadium. I, I texted Vittorio during the game and he sent me back a picture uh, of the pitch, which was uh, fantastic. Talk to us about the game. How did it go? You must be buzzing. Well, unfortunately, the pitch at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome is terrible. We have to say that, unfortunately. But even with that, Lazio played probably the best match of the last two years or so, especially against a top team like Inter. Um, apart of the first 25 minutes when Inter was really dominating the match, and I was really scared about that, uh, Lazio took control of the match, had three huge chances in the first half, then score with a header with Felipe Anderson. The second half, yes, Inter find the equalizer and had a huge chance with Dumfries just after that. But after that big chance, Lazio again took control of the match and won. I wouldn't say comfortably, but 3-1, it's uh, uh, the right score, I believe, for a uh, terrific performance from uh, Lazio. Yeah, I thought it's funny because last year as well, Lazio beat Inter 3-1, but this is a completely different match. I thought Lazio improved. You can see Saribor for the first time probably against a big team and um, really excited for, for this match. But... Unfortunately, tomorrow is the big match. It's a big test for Lazio against Sampdoria. It is a big test indeed. The uh, Milanese Campanile derby. Uh, Tommy, let's come to you. What did you make of, of that game? I must admit, I mean, looking at the fixture, Lazio at home in front of 52,000 supporters or whatever it was, you can make a case that Lazio win that game. But it's another thing having to go out there and actually get over the line and actually do it against one of the teams that many people fancy for the title, myself included, going into the season. So what did you make of, uh, of the game? Was there sorry ball on show, as Vittorio says? Yeah, it was good to see Lazio actually playing well and, and getting results. Obviously, the first game, uh, which they won, 
it was a bit of a weird one because of that red card of, of, from the keeper. Um, so we, we didn't see the real Lazio then. And then in the last game, it, it was away and it was a fairly boring draw. So this is the first game that we actually get to see the team um, playing um, with, you know, in front of their people with, with a bigger team. So it was great to see. I was, I was happy to see that it was a very entertaining game. And I, 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 I thought Vittorio, uh, sorry, I thought, Inter, <laughs> I thought Inter had it. Um, in, like you said, in the first 20 minutes, they were in control of the ball and they were very high on the pitch. And I think something they did very good um, is they played Gallardini instead of Charanoglu, which it might seem like a bit of a silly idea because Charanoglu is obviously one of the best players for Inter, but Gallardini is a very good physical player. And the reason why he played is because it was basically man-marking Milinkovic-Savic uh, for the whole time, which um, Savic obviously is, is an incredible player, one of the biggest threats, probably top two threats in Lazio uh, with Immobile. Um, and I think he did that very well. So I think it was a good idea. Um, but except that Milinkovic-Savic to kind of escape from this man-marking, he dropped position. He, he kind of got away from his usual position. And he almost played as a regista, as we say. So he played a bit deeper than, than usual to get away from this, this, um, this man-marking. And that's, that's when the first goal, that's how the first goal happened because he received the ball fairly deep. And I mean, I did an assist from, from four yards and um, perfectly on, on Felipe Anderson's head. So, uh, so yeah, I think it was a good idea from Inter to play that way and to um, to put a man straight on Milinkovic Savic. Uh, unfortunately, though, he's that kind of player that is good whatever you put him in his usual position is obviously lethal. Uh, if he drops back, then he's, he can become a great regista. If you put him as a forward, can become a good forward. So, I mean, he's good everywhere. So it was a good idea, but not good enough, obviously. Um, and after that, the, the game changed and Lazio was in control. Yes, Inter had one huge chance. Um, and, and on that, I would also like to, to point out that Provedel did a very good job in the, in the whole game. Uh, he actually came out his box, which is something Lazio <laughs> fans haven't seen in a while. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm very happy how they played. Uh, it, it, it looks very good, and and I mean, obviously, you were probably joking about the test with Sampdoria, but you know, sometimes it's harder to play with a small team than a big team. So uh, we'll have to see how they keep the momentum going. I, I wasn't joking. I don't know if Vittorio was joking. No, no, I'm re- because the problem yeah, with Lazio was a dig. Uh, the problem with Lazio <laughs> in the past two years is that we beat Inter and then we lose against Bologna. Uh, we beat Milan and then we lose against Verona. So you know, and and. Last year with Europe League, it happened often. Lazio played Europe League and then lost the weekend later in Serie A. So this is the real test because, you know, you cannot lack of focusing against Inter, but you can lack of concentration after you beat Inter and you play Sampdoria. So that's my my biggest concern tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. It, It is one of those things, isn't it? Like sometimes teams struggle to get themselves up for... The games against the smaller opposition that's not the way it should be but it it happens so so often and we often sit there scratching our heads as to why the performance one week was completely different to the other uh ali watching on from the other side of rome what did you make of the game because uh it, it must have been painful for you watching lazio uh play as well as they did and, and particularly the quality of the goals from luis alberto and pedro and even the felipe anderson one the pass was was special I'm a football man, Harry, so it cannot be painful watching Milinkovic Savage playing football. And uh, Vittorio said, uh, Lazio improved from, um, from the, the last season. And what's the difference? If, if you look at the subs, uh, 
Luis Alberto came in, Pedro came in, Marcos Antonio came in. Then quality, more quality. If you can take advantage of the quality of Luis Alberto and Pedro for half an hour on the pitch, they can make the difference in Syria. So uh, this is what the difference in terms of talking about Inter. Uh, Inzaghi uh, overthinks when it's time to face Lazio and maybe uh, he thinks maybe for maybe too much on Lazio. He thinks, okay, I know perfectly this player. Then change the strategy, but you cannot stop Milinkovic-Savic. For this reason, 3-1, 3-1. He tried to, uh, the week before the games, to me, he, tried to, he tries to uh, train also Lazio and to imagine how they will play. And you cannot do this. You need to focus on your team. Lazio, good quality. I said before we started, and if you uh, give time to Sari, you will you enjoy football. And that's it. It's, Vittorio, following up on Ale's point about sort of Inzaghi maybe sort of paying too much attention to Lazio, maybe overthinking it, overcomplicating it. First of all, do you agree? And second of all, if he does go down that route, this is a very different Lazio in terms of the way they set up, the way they want to play the game, to the one that he managed, is it not? Yeah, it's a different team. And uh, I don't think that Inzaghi overthought for this match. Um, I thought he's been uh, uh, surprised to see, for example, Lukaku playing that bad, because we didn't talk about Lukaku, but he didn't show up Friday night. He wasn't there. And this Inter is a completely different team without Lukaku. Now he's going to be, he's injured, now we're going to see what happened without him. But, I mean, Lukaku destroyed Lazio last time he played against us. And uh, this was one of the biggest question marks, one of the biggest concerns I had. Uh, Romagnoli cancelled Lukaku on Friday. So, you know, I'm not sure that Inzaghi overthought. I thought Inzaghi has been... Um, he was hoping that his best player would perform and, and they didn't. So... I thought that was the biggest issue because, and we saw it last year, Edin Zeko, it's a great striker, but it's not one that scores a lot of goals, right? He creates chances. He's more than a, uh, how can I say, a number 10, a number nine playing as a number 10. He provides assists. So Inter needs Lukaku to score, and they have already Lautaro Martinez that was very good in the chance he had. Um, so, yeah, I think the biggest disappointment from Inter was uh, Lukaku playing badly. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, they were so excited about Lata about Lukaku playing, and uh, he big first big match. He didn't show up. This is a concern. I think on on the last show, uh, Marco, who was with us, Tommy said something along the lines of, "It's not been great for Inter so far this season, even though the results were okay up until this point. There were kind of signs that it wasn't all working in the way that." Um, you know, that Inzaghi may have been hoping when he went into the season. Have you seen enough yet? I know we're only a few games in and I, I always say this, I don't want to jump to too many conclusions, but have you seen enough to suggest that there are problems at Inter or that, you know, they need to significantly improve because, you know, they, they, they just haven't got into full flow as of yet? Um, I stand a bit in the middle of that. Um, I do agree that they haven't been phenomenal. Uh, they have picked up three points against Lecce in a very weird game that they could have easily draw. Obviously, they scored in the last minute from a um, uh, set piece. 
then obviously Spezia at home was a bit of an easier game, and then now they lost to Lazio. So, um, so yeah, obviously it hasn't been great. That's something that we can all see. But um, on the other hand, I'm thinking that it's obviously very early in the season, um, so it's it's very early to jump to conclusions. Um, and then I think that Inter didn't play so badly. Um, for example, I know that you know you, you can't really talk about what if in football, but they had an incredible chance to Dumfries one on one with the keeper of the header which was similar, very similar, if not the same as the one that Felipe Anderson backed. You know, if one goes in, one goes out, you know, it, it could have been a completely different game. And now we could say, oh, Inzaghi is a genius. You know, he's, he won three and three. Um, he's already first two points ahead of everyone. And, you know, and there, you know, so, you know, football, that's what football is. It, it, it's about very fine lines. So, yes, they have not been amazing. They have not dominated... Um, every game, only the one with Spezia. Um, there are some issues in it. I still think, just like I said in, in, in two episodes ago, that um, the absence of Ivan Perisic is going to damage him for the season. Someone can dribble, that can actually go one-on-one -on -one with, with the players, will damage them. So there are some problems, but I wouldn't go as far as they must step up, otherwise they're in big trouble, or you know, it's a disaster or anything like that. It's very early, and I think they will, they will find... Um, their way back into into the race for, for the league. We're recording this a couple of days before the transfer window closes. Ali, are you surprised that Inter haven't gone out and done more business? I know they've done business this summer, but I mean, one of the things that we were saying a couple of weeks ago was things could look very, very different by the time the transfer window closes with regards to a couple of problem positions. Or that's what we kind of described them as. Are you surprised that they haven't done more since we last spoke about it? What surprised me the most is they are in talks with Bayer Leverkusen to sell Robin Gosens. I mean, we were expecting them to fill that position with one more player. And now, apparently, they're selling the other one. So let's see. I'm, I'm really curious because I don't understand the strategy going that direction, you know? Uh, yeah. At this point, especially from Inter, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I don't know if Alessandro agree with me, but I think there's a lot of confusion inside the club now. They started really strong this summer, you know. Uh, we're signing Lukaku, we're getting Dybala, we're going there, one, etc. They signed they sign Lukaku and they stopped. They have financial issue. People forget they have financial issue. We know, I mean... If you read about Suning in China, they're really struggling. And they were very close to sign Francesco Cerbi yesterday. But the owner said, no, 2 million euros is too much, which is crazy for a club like Inter. So I fear that, you know, they are struggling. They don't have the budget to sign players. And now they are even forced to sell some players. Like Gossen should be a key player for them after the lost Perisic. So this is a very strange because... You started strong, you signed those players, and then suddenly you stopped. And Inzaghi said it, I need a central defender. Don't get me wrong, I don't think he's coming because they didn't have the money to sign a Sherby, so I don't think they're going to sign anybody else. If they even sell Gossens, then this doesn't make no sense at all. I can understand they have financial issue, but they should make a statement and say, hey guys, we wanted to win the Scudetto, but we realized we don't have money. Uh, UEFA is going to punish us because of that. So we are trying to make more money as possible before the end of the summer transfer. And then in January, we'll see what happens. 
Well, yeah, they also said they also had to sell some of the young players like Casadei to Chelsea for 15 million. I don't think they would have sold it if they had been yeah. in a good. You know, obviously, it's one of the, the most exciting midfielders, Italian midfielders in, in the youth league at the moment. I don't think they would have sold it in if they were in a good position. But I don't think Gosses will go. There's no way they, they can allow that. There's no way they can play the whole season when only Di Marco um, as, a, as a left wing back, especially playing with 3 5 2. That's a, that's a very important position. Yeah. I know you can kind of put Darmian over there as well, but then you're missing one on the other side. You you absolutely cannot face a whole season with three wings backs between left and right. Absolutely not. Well, if that was uh, to I, happen, I, go on, go on. I then. think, I think uh, Lukaku changed the whole plan because they meant to sign Dybala and Bremer, but with Lukaku, basically, uh, they they reached the, the the salary cap basically yeah. and so they they couldn't sign because uh a salary an important salary for Lukaku obviously they signed uh, Mikitarian as free agent with an important salary so now uh they cannot feel it. it's weird because Marotta uh a few weeks ago said okay yeah we need a center a center defender and for sure we will sign him but uh, Bremer, then Milenkovic, then Milenkovic signed a new agreement with Fiorentina, then Acerbi. If you miss Acerbi, I mean, Lazio doesn't want him. Uh, Vittorio, correct me if, if I'm wrong. No, no. Lazio doesn't want him. You can sign him. If you don't sign Acerbi, who else? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're struggling, as Vittorio said, to bring Acerbi in for 2 million euros then it says that, that there are serious problems, doesn't it? It sets the alarm bells ringing. And um, it, it must be really frustrating for, for Simone Inzaghi because ultimately he would have moved from Lazio to Inter to try and win the Scudetto. That would have been his thing. And obviously he had a crack at it last season. He didn't manage it. But this time he's having his hands tied behind his back. And, and that must be really, really difficult well, to take. He, he came to Inter new in the situation, right? Because... I'm... Conte left because of that. So yeah, but was it was it that bad then? Well, it, we knew that they were selling players, but was it as it is now? The point where they cannot sign a two million euro centre back. Well, last year it should have been worse than this. I mean, they lost two Lukaku, they lost Stakimi. I mean, they lost important players. So Inzaghi knew the situation. The problem is if you lose if you lose Gossens today, thirty of August, you don't have time to replace him, right? So this is the problem. And I believe that even if they lose Gossens, they won't be the favorite anymore, but they still can fight for the title. I believe. Not as a favorite, because Milan is signing players, Napoli is a good team, even though I want to test it against big team because they didn't convince me against Fiorentina. But, you know, Juventus didn't convince me, Roma as well. So I think they can be in the title race, even like that. Good stuff. Let's uh, move on then. Let's talk Juve-Roma. Uh, it ended in a 1-1 draw. Perfect start uh, for Juve. Uh, after two minutes, Dusan Vlavic put them in front. We were talking last week about how Vlavic needed to step it up a little bit, how um, you know it was partly down to Allegri's tactics and the way that Juve were playing, that he wasn't necessarily thriving, but he got off to a great start. You must have felt awful at that point, Ale. Two minutes in, You'd spoken about how Juve always tend to beat Roma, but Roma rallied and, and got their point in the end. Yeah, for for this reason, I'm, I'm happy 
despite the performance, because usually when we start and we are down one one nil after two minutes in Turin, it ends four nil. You know, you you don't have chance to to bounce back. So we were lucky, but uh, I get this point. For the rest, uh, I mean, Mourinho uh, said it all. No, uh, he said it was a shame to 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 train the 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 team in the first half. Um, for for once, I can say we we got the maximum with the with the minimum uh, minimum effort, and is important. A draw in, in, in Turin is always important. Then I hope we can improve uh, the, the the other stuff because uh, there we, we need a work to do. What specifically needs improving in your opinion? What was it that you saw in that Roma performance that, that wasn't up to the level you need it to be? I, I would say uh, the attitude, no. Uh, it, it it was a bit like the last season when, when Roma faced... Uh, uh, Big, big, or when I say bigger team, uh, uh, they're they're in trouble in in terms of performance, in terms of attitude. Uh, except except for the the derby last season, Roma always was were in trouble uh, against direct rivals. So I hope to see more personality in the next big matches. Tommy, what did you make of Juve versus Roma? Tammy Abraham got the equaliser uh, just over 20 minutes from time. Um, would you say it was a deserved point from Roma? Because they'll be the happier of the two sides, undoubtedly, with the game having taken place at Juventus Stadium. Well, I think it's, it's, it's not in doubt that Juventus had the control of the game for most of the game, if not the whole game. Um, it is also true that Roma had... If you look at the stats, the in terms of XG, so expected goals, they they have I think they had a similar, a very similar um, stat. Um, but Juventus definitely had to control the game, and I like the approach they had uh, compared to what they what they did with Sampdoria. Uh, one big difference tactically, um, which are which I really appreciate from Allegri, is the change of centre back. Some with Sampdoria they had Bremer and Rugani, and they really struggled to get the ball out from the back. Um, Rugani is not gifted particularly well with, with you know only this fee. While Danilo, which is the one who played with Bremer um, as a centre back, left centre back, um, more on more than one occasions uh, managed to do some vertical passes to break the team, uh, and that really made a difference to me because that means that the midfielders like Locatelli uh, were able to get into the match much more. And if they were in the match much more, then the whole team was was playing better. And another player like Miretti. Uh, which is one of well, some uh, a midfielder from the youth had the space and the freedom uh, to to kind of go forward, and I think it was one of the the, the most in, interesting uh, tactics, um, uh, you know, tactics that they had. Um, but yeah, so Roma really, uh, really were defended. Really, um, they were lucky with that second goal; they got ruled out because obviously Vlaovic touched with his hand. But it was a great, um, it was a great play from Juventus. Which they were pressing very high. In that occasion, they got they recovered the ball in, in the last third of the pitch, and they managed to to to, to score another goal. And if that if that would you know uh, counted, then it would have been a very different game in Tunisia. So, I think Roma was a bit lucky. Uh, I think Juventus deserved to win, 
Um, Roma also had the chances to win it in the end. They, they had a goal saved on the line. Um, but it was a good game. I do agree that Roma needs to step up for the for the next games against the biggest teams. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say is that I really thought watching the game that Roma was missing a player like Zaniolo. Someone strong, physically like him, that can take the ball and, and bring it up the pitch. Uh, Roma was really missing it. And also when Zaniolo plays, it means that Pellegrini can be a bit deeper and it can be a bit of the filter between midfield and, and the strikers, um, which is something that they missed as well, I thought. Um, in that game because I feel like the midfield and the strikers were a bit isolated there wasn't really a link in between them and that's what Pellegrini can do when a player like Zaniolo is on the pitch so um, yeah I think I think with Zaniolo on the pitch it would have been a different game um, but but yeah this is what I think Vittorio what were your takeaways from this one? Very boring match can we say <laughs> because I mean Juve dominated in the first half I don't remember a good save of Rui Patricio I love he that made, I tried to do tactically talks and stuff. And you I mean, uh, let's be honest. It, Lazio Inter was going like double speed than uh, Juve Roma. And Juve dominated in the first half. Rui Patricio made one save on a free kick close to the penalty box where Cadrado was silly enough to, to, to kick it on the side of Rui Patricio. That's it. I mean, if you dominate 60 minutes and you create one chance, then there's an issue. Same thing in the second half, where Roma took control of the match. Chesney didn't do nothing. This is a big issue for both teams. Um, even watching Fiorentina-Napoli yesterday, both teams was going faster than you went to San Roma. Um, you have Pellegrini and Dybala. I don't think you should play counter-attack football. You should try to make them play mobile. Abraham didn't touch a ball in the first half. Vlaovic in the second half didn't touch the ball once. You don't remember a ball touch from Vlaovic in the second half on, on that match. That's not acceptable. We are not talking about Cremonese or Monza. We are talking about Juventus and Roma. So for me, yes, uh, Juventus played better. I thought Roma in the second half could have won that match if Mourinho doesn't take off a, a striker and put a defender. But I think they have to step up, both teams. That was just so Mourinho, though, wasn't it? To take yeah. off... Um, an attacking threat and, and look to shut up shop. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the season, you look back on that result as Roma, uh, Ale, and say a draw away to Juventus is no disgrace. It's a good point, even if you will feel like maybe they had the chances at the end and maybe they could have done something differently in order to give themselves a greater chance of, of nicking it. But it's a good result. I mean, seven points from the first three games, Ali. You couldn't have asked for an awful lot more given Juventus away was one of the fixtures. I take seven points. I take it yeah. all. Yeah, they also uh, played... They don't have Dima, they don't have Pogba and Di Maria. I mean, uh, it's not this great Juventus, let's be honest. I mean, yes, it's named Juventus, but come on. I mean, Rabiot was the best player on the pitch. I mean, Rabiot, guys. Rabio. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also would have loved to play the game with Vinaldum and Zaniolo. Yeah, of course. That's but a fair point. They are really they are really important to Roma. So uh, I hope I hope we can play uh, with the full squad in, in Roma. Well, I think it, it, it regardless from the from the injuries. It's a it's a point that the both both teams will take. I mean, maybe Juventus at home will want to win, obviously, but given they're not in the best 
you know, in, they're not in the, in the great form, then I guess they'll probably take a point in a way. Roma will take a point away Juventus. Um, but Roma has been better than to, to, you know, they play the first two games against smaller teams and they managed to win both games, keeping a clean sheet and, and creating lots of chances where Juventus didn't. With, you know, they drew with Sampdoria and playing very badly. And we talked about that in, 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 in length. So um, I mean, I think yeah, I think it's a point they should probably both take in the in you know in this in the moment they are. Yeah, that was the point. Like I know when I said that about Roma, you guys were saying, "Look who they've played in the first two games." I totally get that, but what I'm trying to say is, you can't be critical of a side who have picked up the points that you expect them to pick up. Like to go away to Juventus to get a point is is probably more than you'd expect Roma to get really if you're being honest you would have put that down as a Juve win I know it's not the Juve that we've seen over the years Vittorio I get all of that but it's still but a way as I said last it. week we usually go there and we lose so yeah, yeah but I don't think it's it should be point. I don't think people should be disappointed at Roma or over the moon um, but what I think I mean correct me if I'm wrong but if I was a Roma fan this season with the signings they made I would want them to see stepping up a little bit from from last season i wanted maybe not to challenge for the title but to be up there i would like to see them playing against big teams a bit more attacking you know and trying to dominate the ball a bit more rather than the i would say typical Mourinho games where you kind of defend mostly and then like like you guys said at the end he took off he took off a strike for a defender it means you don't i mean i don't know maybe it's, it's still early in the league and I, I, like we all said you can take a point of juventus you can be happy with it you cannot still win the league um you know drawing for juventus if you're milan or inter you still take a point against juventus away but at the same time i would want them to see them a bit more you know attacking a bit more yeah but for example if you today tell me uh you you'll finish out of the top four but at the end of the season you'll you'll win the europa league i'll sign today right now Give me the paper, pen and paper, Harry. So, so, I, so, are you saying then that there's an acceptance at Roma that Mourinho is a cup manager, and so your expectations in the Serie A are not going to exceed what maybe they did last season as a result no, no, of that? No, no, no. I hope to improve, obviously, what we have done last season, but we all know the Mourinho mentality. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. It's tougher to win the Europe League than the Serie A. I, I, I know, I, I know. I, 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 would us, I don't know, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't either. Vittorio, would you sign? Oh, with blood. I'll give you my blood today. Okay, and blood okay. The <laughs> okay we agree. I eighth, if you want. I don't know, but if, if, you, if you finish eighth by... You know, when you sign Nibala, one album, I know, bless him, he's been injured and he's not going to play much. But if you make these big signings and you have, a, you, have a, you know, a world-class manager like Mourinho, uh, if you can't finish outside the top four. I mean, yeah. to me, it's a disappointment. Yes, if you win the, the, the cup, it's, 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 you know, it's a great joy. It will bring you to the Champions League, of course, for a different way. But I, I, I okay. don't know. Of course, I'd be happy for the cup, but I wouldn't be happy in general, I think. I, I wouldn't okay. be confident yeah. for next season. Alessandro, what do you thought about the performance of Dybala against Juventus? I need, he needs to improve, no? I mean, he did nothing except the assist, right? And to Ash, I mean, this is what he did. Nothing except the assist. I think from Dybala you expect much more, right? I, I, well, I guess I we'll think, have to give him time. A bit more time I, as well. I, mean, I think he needs a bit more of time to 
to to get up the three in our play there. He plays very, you know, in this Roma side is completely different than the Juventus side he's been playing the last few years, isn't it? He he was playing more of a kind of striker or behind the striker. Well, this uh, now he has to play, in, you know, together with either Pellegrino Zaniolo behind the striker with a different, completely different field. I think it, it takes a bit. Of, I mean, he's a phenomenal player, but even Messi at PSG, we saw, you know, he didn't just come in and bang the hat tricks every game. You know, it, it takes time. I see it from his face. <laughs> it's not no, quite, you, Victoria, it's not quite you, Tell us what you think about Dybala's performance. I thought he, I, I was, I mean, Roma fans should thank me because before the corner, I said, <laughs> Dybala and Abraham didn't do nothing and they scored. So, guys, thank me because it all thanks to me. Uh, but that's the truth, right? Dybala didn't do nothing. I thought Pellegrini played much, much, much better than, than Dybala and I like Pellegrini a lot. Uh, from Dybala, is phenomenal. From Dybala, you should expect much more. And I'm concerned because it's not that he's come from, I don't know, the MLS, he has to adapt to Italian football. He's been playing in Serie A all his life. Uh, Allegri's football is not very different from Mourinho. It's not that you're passing from Sari ball to Allegri ball. So I don't know if his physical condition is not very good. I don't know if there's something else. But... They played against Salernitana and Cremonese, and Dybala didn't do nothing. Uh, I, I would have been concerned a little bit about that, but you know, that's my point. Yeah, interesting stuff. It, it really is because I, I feel like we're kind of at this point in the season, we're giving him a bit of a grace period. We're, we're looking at it and we're saying, I mean, I we've say, seen I, over the years. I say the same thing about Lavic. What did he do? First half, he scored, then he. Had a little bit of discussion with the Banyaks, etc. Second half, he didn't show up. He didn't do nothing. He wasn't there. I mean, Blauic, 70 million euros. Can we blame Allegri for that? I don't think so, right? Top match, you have to show and do something. He didn't do nothing in the second half. But he's, he's contributed to the outcome of the game, though, hasn't he? By yes, but in the goal. first minute of the match. I mean, yeah, I but, mean, I mean, I mean Vittorio, if we look at the Manchester City stats... Erling Haaland was, was the last in the pitch for 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 both touches. So, what 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 should we say? Yeah, and the game against was it Bournemouth, the one for nil. He didn't Palace. score. He didn't really Crystal touch Palace. it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. um, yeah. I was going to use the Haaland example. I think he got had eight or nine touches in one of the yeah. games, and yeah. and he can but he contributed to the game by producing outcomes. And, and that's ultimately, I guess, what the striker's job is. Obviously, you'd like to have him much more involved where where possible. But if he's giving you those contributions, then you kind of just have to, you have to accept that the performance needs to improve, of course. But I don't know that you can really go in too hard on a player that's still producing goals. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Fiorentina Napoli because I jinxed this game. Oh, a friend boring. of mine, uh, a friend of mine texted me in the daytime and he said, Fiorentina Napoli, what do you think? Is it worth a watch? And I said, 100% yes. This is going to be a great game. You should definitely watch this. Um, you'll really enjoy it. And it was dreadful. It was absolutely dreadful. Um, Tommy, what did you make of the game overall? Um, obviously, Fiorentina, I don't think, will be too disappointed with the point. Napoli, having been really effective in the first few games, would have felt that they probably should have won this and, and they just I don't know it didn't click did it yeah I'll be honest I did not watch the game um 
but I did obviously did check the highlights and, and I mm. read about it. Yeah, it looked like a very boring game. Um, it looked like there was a lot of expectations on Napoli to score loads of goals, uh, maybe concede some like like they've been doing. Um, and even a player like Cravastelia, Cravastelia, um, which you know he had huge expectations on him after the first two games. Um, he he kind of got a little bit frustrated with the ball, and I mean the the new uh, right back from Fiorentina, Dodò, uh, he played very well. Um, he's he's a is a is a, a player that was a bit of a question mark um, because Fiorentina in the, in the last few years got a few a few players like that, like Oyarzabal last season with the high expectations, and then didn't really perform, didn't really fit. Um, this this Dodo came from a lower league, so he wouldn't know how we how we adapt. And uh, against the player like Carastelia, he he really stepped up, and he was probably the biggest reason why Napoli didn't score a goal because we we, we saw from the first two games that a lot of goals came from that left hand side. Either he scored them or he kind of created or started the play. So um, so yeah, he he got quite frustrated on the ball. He really couldn't go past him, and that that was that was a big team. Um, but then yeah, it's it's, it's been it's been. Both teams were very good defensively. I thought Kim Kim was very good as well um, to kind of nullify Jovic. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I agree with you. I, I expected definitely an, an over two point five, talking in batting terms. But but yeah, it disappointed. But I feel I feel like these two teams will definitely produce great games in the next few. Um, but but just not this one against each other. Vittorio, I was looking at the stats just now while Tommy was talking. One clear-cut chance went Napoli's way. Just tells the story of the game, doesn't it? Well, I, I don't don't remember by heart, but I think Fiorentina beat Napoli last year as well. Uh, Italiano knows how to create issue to Spalletti, and we have to say that Fiorentina played much better and dominated Napoli at least for the first seventy-five minutes. Uh, so Napoli really struggled in that match, and Fiorentina was playing such high speed that it was hard to stop them. I think what we saw was missing is the quality. Fiorentina midfield, very speedy, fast, physical, but Amrabat is not a playmaker. They don't have a player that is very fast moving the ball. That was why Fiorentina struggled to find the way to score. Uh, Jovic didn't show up. Uh, Napoli marked him really, really well. But Fiorentina played very, very fast and Napoli this was the first time that I saw them suffer. They weren't able to uh, stop Fiorentina midfield. And, uh, you know, that, that's why I'm a little bit concerned about Napoli. Because the first two matches, they played against lower team and they overachieved. Against Fiorentina, I, was, I didn't expect to see Napoli struggling that much. And we have to say something. In the second half, when Politano and Fratesi came in, uh, Napoli took control of the match and... Uh, Maybe, maybe Spalletti should have changed the starting eleven and given them the chance to start because uh, when they come in, Napoli finally get a chance. Uh, who was it? Lozano missed an unbelievable chance with yeah. his header. That yeah. that would have changed the match and probably Napoli. Lozano So, but first seventy-five minutes, Fiorentina played much better, but the lack of quality. I think the problem with Fiorentina this year is. They don't have the quality to beat this top team. They did buy Barakado, which played from the first minute, but obviously was there only from a day. So you can't really have expectations on him. But I do think that over the long term, he might make a, 
he might kind of overcome that a little bit. Did you think? And he had the biggest chance Fiorentina had that day. Yeah. So you can see yeah. that he's trying to learn a little bit, but yeah, just arrived too early for him. Yeah, yep. um, the, the the thing with Fiorentina, they have a lot of players and um, and Italiano loves to rotate them a lot. So you 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 never know what to expect when you face Fiorentina. You know they have an identity uh, and probably, yeah, despite the lack of quality, if there was a team uh, that deserved the win, uh, was was Fiorentina probably, even though Napoli had the had the big chance in in the game with Lozano. But um, uh, yeah, go, on, we, go ahead. Uh, it's not easy. I, I, um, I mean, when when you look at uh, to a, a season, and you get it's another important point to me that the one Napoli got because when you you are away at Fiorentina, it's not easy to get three points. You know. Yeah, I'll take a point to Fiorentina, any yeah. team of this area. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was just going to say. That again, it's a bit like the the game that we were talking about just previously. There, that in that there will be frustrations when you come away from it. There will be a part of you that thinks we should have done better, we could have done more, and we could have taken all three points. But again, at the moment, because it's so early in the season, you know, one one draw, one defeat can put you in a completely different place in the table, and then you look at it totally differently because those movements are so big at this stage. But as I say, uh, yeah, I think you guys are right in saying that it will be a, a decent point for Napoli when they look back at it um, a little bit later on. I mean, this was really their first test, wasn't it? This was really the first game this season where we got to see them go up against it a little bit at times. Um, Vittorio, I'll come to you first on Milan. Routine win, really, wasn't it, at home uh, against Bologna. Uh, Rafael Leao and Olivier Giroud with the goals. I expected them to win this. They did win this. Um any significant takeaways uh, from watching Milan in action? Well, they, they they play very well, and Bologna is not an easy team to play against. Mialovic, sorry, I was thinking about Milinkovic. Mialovic is a great manager, especially when they have to defend. And again, you know, it's good to see Milan playing. I mean, we mentioned Inter. They, they're signing a lot of players. They're playing quite well. If they find the confidence, like last year, they can really go this time and win again the title. I'm changing my idea, seeing that Inter is not signing any player. Um, Leao is a terrific player when he has pace. He can be a very important player for AC Milan. Giroud, again, keeps scoring. So, you know, a convincing performance. Um, De Ketelare starting finally, uh, which was something I wanted to in this match so you know they have young talent Bologna could be a tricky match and uh, they passed the test very well so positive sign again Tommy I really enjoyed Olivier Giroud's goal it was a nice goal wasn't it Giroud got us used to to these goals didn't it like from his time at Arsenal Chelsea and now Milan he's that kind of player that can you know get the bunny off the hat as we say as we say in Italy so it's good. It's good. It's a good uh, sign for Milan to see that he still got those, um, and and to know that you you have on, on the pitch a player that can, you know, create create goal from a difficult difficult situation. Um, so so that was very good. And yeah, another couple, another few words on the Kitelare. Um, I I'm a big fan of him as as uh, Alessio uh, Ale, Ale know. 
and I think it was great. I think it was great. He came on, he showed pace, he showed dribbling, he showed uh, you know physicality. He did a great assist um, to Kalulu, which which missed uh, one one with the keeper. Um, I, th- I think it was a great debut, and I mean today already he's not starting because I think Pioli wants him fresh and ready for the derby with Milan with the Inter, um, and it's a great sign if if you really trust him that much. So I think he'll be a very special player for for the season. Indeed, um, there is a round of midweek fixtures as well. In fact, Milan are in action right now at the time of recording. They are currently away to Sassuolo. It's goalless at the moment again at the Just time of recording. Save the penalty, by the way. Yeah, really, Manian saved the penalty. Yeah. Wow. And wow. I have Berardi as fantasy football. No, <laughs> that's why your face dropped. That's but obviously, the rest of the games, I would say, for the big sides anyway, you know, Inter at home to Cremonese, that one's later today. Roma, Ale are at home to Monza. That's a game that they should win as well. Uh, Lazio go away to Sampdoria. I'm sorry, Tommy, I don't particularly rate Sampdoria, um, if I'm being Me honest. <laughs> but Vittorio expressed some concerns about this fixture because of the fact that, you know, you you have this high against Inter and Lazio have traditionally struggled to then kind of take that on and build on that. As a Sampdoria man, Tommy, do you have any hope that Sampdoria can get something out of this game? That one, of course, takes place tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, if I have to pick a winner, I would obviously choose Lazio, clearly. But... Um, I do, I, you know, Sampdoria is a weird team. It's like many other small teams. Unfortunately, we are in that bracket now. Um, you know, like many other teams, y- you could pull out a great performance against a big team and a very bad performance against a small team, like we did at the weekend against Salernitana. Um, and the biggest example is the Juventus game. Obviously, Juventus, we, we spoke at length that they weren't particularly brilliant. But at the same time, Sampdoria was, I, I thought they were very good. Colley, especially at centre back, it was, it was amazing on on Vlaovic, um, and the, the whole team really they do defend as a team and they kind of stay behind the ball and even had a couple of chances on, on the counter attack. So I think they're probably going to do the same. Um, I think Lazio is potentially a better team than Juventus playing against the, these kind of teams. Um, so yeah, again, if I have to pick a winner, I think it will be Lazio. But at the same time, um, it, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not ruling out a defensive performance that might bring a point. Vittorio, are you expecting Luis Alberto and Pedro to maybe get a nod from the start this time? Luis Alberto, I think so, because he deserves it. And I think against Sampdoria, he will. Uh, Pedro, I'm not sure because he didn't train yesterday. He trained this morning, so I don't know if he's 100% fit. But I think Luis Alberto deserves it. And I think Sampdoria is the perfect team for, start, for him to start because... Uh, it's a team where Luis Alberto can play and perform as well as, as he can. So, yeah, I think Luis Alberto could start, even remembering that Saturday we play against Napoli. So I think a little bit of changes, well, Sari has to do it because otherwise against Napoli we'll struggle. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ale, I mentioned Roma against Monza. Um, expectations are that you take three points, right? Uh, yeah, if I get one point... To Torino away, I expect three points uh, with Mons at home. So, yeah. And I expect uh, finally the the Bala first goal with Roma Jersey. Are we going to see more than one goal, Ale, or or one to one nil? (laughs) Just asking for a friend. Don't expect too many goals. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
Um, Juventus take on Spezia at home again, a game that I expect them to win. And Napoli are at home uh, to Lecce. Uh, so that's kind of the the, the big ones from the um, midweek round of fixtures. Maybe we'll do an episode later on in the week if the guys are available to look back at those games and look ahead uh, to the um, the weekend's ones. We'll, we'll definitely try and do something there uh, because there's a whole nother round of fixtures to uh, break down. It'd be wrong of us to ignore that. But I think uh, we've come to the end of this edition of Simply Serie A. Is there anything that anybody wants to add? Any other business, as they say? No. Nope. You should sign Leao, Harry, and give him the jersey number 14 at Arsenal. No, <laughs> he can't have it. It belongs to Eddie and Ketia. Arsenal need to uh, maybe get busy if possible in the transfer market. But the, as we say, Transfer window is closing and, and I guess it probably is worth doing a show later in the week because we can discuss some of the late deals that go through as well. Um, so lots and lots to um, to keep across. But we're going to leave it there for now. A uh, big thank you to Vittorio, to Tommy, to Ale. Uh, you can find all of their social media handles in the description below. Make sure you give them a follow. Make sure you subscribe uh, to their various channels as well. And we'll be back next time with some more Serie A talk. Until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.